Welcome back to Trick to Happy. <laughs> we just were talking about it. We should say that at the beginning of each episode. Sh- I think we should. And Darby. Uh, you, sorry. Oh. Who are you? Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> Darby. And yeah. I'm Kara. Yeah, so we had a pretty emotional podcast last time and so we kind of wanted to just maybe not take ourselves so seriously and have kind of a silly episode so but I think it's going to actually be recurring I hope anyway yes Um, it'll be a good way too I think to get more of our listeners to have interaction with us yes and so go ahead and explain what we're doing because we didn't even say that okay basically we're going to do an advice episode for this first one, I basically just Googled advice column and then found some silly questions that people ask people on the internet. And I guess I was kind of flabbergasted with some oh, of the questions. Oh, there are some that are crazy. Right. So, but I guess because it's the internet that people think it's not a big deal. I got these just off of a few different columns. So just to get this right, these are just people who have written in these questions on these advice columns. Yes. And you and I are both going to, you're going to read it and we're going to give our expert <laughs> advice yes. on what we would do. All right. Okay. Are you ready for okay, this one? I'm ready. Okay. The heading, the title is, I caught my 17-year-old son having sex with his 16-year-old girlfriend. Should I tell her parents what's going on? Oh my gosh. I know. (laughs) I live in a very close-knit estate where a lot of the parents are friendly with one another. Our kids are friends too, and the older ones have pretty much grown up together. My 17-year-old son has been in a relationship with my friends. Oh, they're friends. Mm-hmm. 16-year-old daughter for about six months now. I've long suspected that they were sexually active, and my suspicions were confirmed when I walked in on them <laughs> recently. <laughs> Needless to say, they were both extremely embarrassed, as was I. My son's girlfriend begged me not to tell her parents, who are quite strict and certainly not as lenient as we are. She is now conflicted. Do I tell her parents and risk them reporting the incident to the police? Ooh. I guess Mm. the age difference plays a factor. Or do I just say nothing and continue to monitor the situation? Ooh. Wait, how old is he? He's 17 and how old is she? Okay, there are, hang on. They're in Ireland, so I guess it's different than the U.S. We had a long chat. What's different? Um, I think, isn't it here if they're both minors is not as big of a deal? Oh, I don't know. How old is she? She's 16. I mean, they're all like minors, so it's all like They're whatever. only a year apart. And he's 17. I know, but in the U.S., like if the man was 18 and the girlfriend was 17, that- Even you... one year younger. Yeah, because the 18-year-old's an adult. Oh. So if the parents of the 16-year-old daughter got mad, they, they could go to the police and say it's- A minor. It's like statutory, right? Yes. Is that what it's called? Statutory. 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 Tory rape. Anyway, oh, okay. Gosh, I don't know. I... Here, let's just talk about. Oh, I, I mean, I guess that's a factor. I. But how close does it seem like the moms are close and have been close for a long time? Okay, so let's just pretend it's two parents in the neighborhood, so they know of each other. They're in similar circles, and they have kids that, that are the same age. But are they? Best friends or no? They're just let's say acquaintances. We'll, we'll first say they're not best friends, but they okay. are part of similar circles. Okay. Hmm. Here's the thing. Go, you go. You go. I almost think it would be easier if they were close friends because I oh, okay. I feel like if it's a close friend and you've been friends for a long time, clearly you respect each other enough to know that if I come to you and say 
I caught our kids. Yeah. I guess I look at it from you're much less likely to report that to the police than if it's someone that you are just in a circle of friends with that don't know you as well. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's another factor. When I initially printed this out, obviously I didn't read the last paragraph, but Mm -hmm. she was worried about that, which that is something you should be worried about. But like, I think the right thing to do would be to tell the other parent. I feel like you kind of have to, because if you don't, it could come back to haunt you in other ways. But like, I was putting myself in that position where I was telling one of my friends that that would be so uncomfortable. Because like, I even have a hard time when I'm telling other parents that their kid is picking on my kid. Another scenario would maybe be to, I mean, I guess it too depends on your relationship with your child. And maybe it's, listen, this is what's happened. And maybe you talk to the kids first and say, clearly, I walked in. I caught you. Yeah. I think this is something your parents need to know. So why don't we all sit down? I'm more at like, <laughs> get it all out on the table. <laughs> well, because in that situation, it's kind of like they can't really, they both, they're, she's going to, they're going to have to be good liars to act like the mom did not walk in on them. And it was all the son's fault. Not that it was two to tango kind right, of. Like, yeah. No, I think you are giving the absolutely correct answer. I think that is absolutely I'm what not you saying I want to do it or do. would do it. I'm right, just right. saying that's probably what you should do. <laughs> We're all just going to hope that we never have to be in that situation. Well, I feel sometimes, especially with kids, and granted ours are younger, but yeah. sometimes when you get them in that situation where both parents are there and they're there and mm-hmm. it's kind of all open, it's harder to blame the other one and it's all, kind of like we're yeah. all in this together mm-hmm. I mean clearly you would hope that that would just turn out and you would have a responsible talk about all the things all of the sex. things that yeah. can happen with it yeah no in high school I didn't personally have the situation but I had a friend whose dad walked in on them <sighs> and it was the girl's dad Oh, boy. And then he was like, I'm driving you home. Oh, my gosh. And I'm <laughs> so going to chop poor, your wiener off. <laughs> that poor ki- I mean, granted, no, I say poor kid. Of course, he, this is what makes me so nervous about having boys because I'm like, great. It's going to just can be you imagine? Can always... you imagine your son's girlfriend's dad driving your son no, home? No, no. <laughs> I would be mortified. Mm-hmm. I would be like, Brian, that's... My dad wouldn't even let me go out to go somewhere with a boy unless he well, rang the doorbell. This, this couple in high school, they had been together a few years. Not not that that matters. Like, the parents knew each other. Like, they had been together a while. But if I was the mom of the boy, I would totally send Brian out to talk to the dad. Oh, like, yes. That's all you <laughs> But it's interesting now as parents because we were once in that situation. Like, right. we were talking the other day. Like, okay, did people just mess around in the house and the parents were just down in the other right. room? Right, yeah. But now as a parent... To have to really be the one that would have to parent it, parent that, yeah, yeah. it's a whole nother Mm-mm. ball game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anyway, so well, our advice, I don't know. that's yeah, a tough one, lady. You got to talk to the girls. Just get mom. it all out. You got to tell them. And I think that's a good idea to have them all together. Because yes. Then there's nobody on... trying to mm-hmm. get out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Everybody's to blame. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. This is completely different topic. Are you ready? Our eldest child is annoyed. We are spending his inheritance on our bucket list. Are we selfish? Hell no! I know, right? I didn't even, I'm like, what could possibly be? Okay. My wife and I are in our late 70s, and we recently downsized to a small apartment, which our eldest son encouraged us to do. We are now sitting on a small nest egg, and while we never outright said it was part of our children's inheritance, some of them assumed this money was to be left to them. Our attitude has changed, however, and after surviving the pandemic, reasonably good health, we've decided to spend the money on a bucket list of international trips. 
cruises, and train journeys. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Our youngest children are very encouraging, but our eldest son recently suggested we pull the rug from under his feet. He seems to think we had an arrangement. He says we're not thinking straight, and he has pointed out that we used his grandparents' inheritance to pay off our mortgage early. He says this money should be passed down the line. We're beginning to feel selfish for putting ourselves first. Perhaps an inheritance should be passed down from generation to generation. What should we do? No. Absolutely not. You've raised your kids. Yes. It's time for you. You need to live your life. And then if there's money left over, fine. But, like, you worked hard for that money. Yes. Yes. That That sounds like a spoiled, rotten, selfish brat. Yes. That (laughs) kid... I, I bet, That's kind of mean for me to no, say. No, it's not. But, I bet that kid just already had that money lined up for something. Like mm-hmm. in their mind, they had already planned a future where something was paid off or they were able to buy something well, with their Well, maybe he's going to have to sell something or go get a job. Yeah, pay you know, whatever else, off. Offset the... Uh, can you imagine... No. Saying that to your parents? No. These poor parents that are like questioning it. Yes. Like, no. They need to go on their cruise and yeah. sail away. <laughs> Come sail away. <laughs> Sayonara. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. Okay. Here, want me to read one? Uh, yes, I do. But you probably Sorry. already know. I don't. Like I know the, I know the topic. Go for it. Okay. My daughter says her childhood was cold and abusive. I thought we were good parents. Question. I'm writing to you in absolute despair. My husband and I have three children who are now in their 40s. I always thought we did a good job rearing our kids. I stayed at home to make sure they were well looked after, and my husband worked very hard to provide, which he did well. Two of them are independent with good jobs and have happy relationships with children. My middle child never really took off, even though she was given the same start as the other two. Now she has decided that her upbringing is the cause of all her problems, and she asked my husband and I to meet her to talk about how cold and abusive her childhood was. We were absolutely flabbergasted. I couldn't stop crying. I spoke to my other two children, and they seemed to be taking her side. They both mentioned that I was strict, but I meant well. What is that supposed to mean? I am so down about this, I don't know what to do. How can I get to the bottom of it all? There is so much there. I mean... I can totally see maybe the middle child sometimes feels like mm-hmm. they have been given the shaft. They're stuck in the middle. We've yeah. talked about that before. We yeah. both have three. I get it. Yeah. But there's so many dynamics going on there for sure. Yes. And you would think that the two other siblings would say, get over it. Right. But I bet. Like that, that she's being ridiculous. The one yeah. in the middle. Well, they might think that. But to be fair, maybe the mom was strict, but it didn't affect them the way it right. affected the middle. Right. I mean, let's just say we have to allow the middle child to have her own perception of what happened because I can say within my family I'm one of three girls I'm the youngest and we perceived what was happening three different ways well I also think each child is different and so how you're parenting each of them oh I see based on their personalities and their strengths and weaknesses is a factor in there too I mean there are certain things I have to be you know harder on Miller for right less on the other two and then it can switch that reminds me of a lesson that we would teach or I taught my class when they would complain about it not being fair. So we would all sit in a circle and I would say, okay, Bobby got a cut on the playground. What should we give Bobby? A Band-Aid. Okay. So it's fair that when you get hurt, you get a cut, you get a Band-Aid. Yes. Okay. Let's say Cindy was helping with a science experiment and got a gash in her hand. 
to be fair, I just can give her a Band-Aid, right? And they'd be like, no, that's not fair. She's like bleeding out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? And so it was like kind of making them understand that like, while a Band-Aid would have been fair, would have been even. Different scenarios. Yes. Cause for different solutions, different reactions. And maybe as a kid, you don't realize that until you have your own kids. It's like, okay, this kid would overreact if I was really, really strict on them about this bad grade. Mm -hmm. And we kind of let it slide. But the other kid, we really got on to them about that bad grade and so they might see it as that's not fair you're always lenient on this other kid but the older one would be like that's not fair you get so mad at me when I make bad grades yes we get that a lot I mean I think it's especially coming from the middle it's always you know the oldest gets away with everything Mm -hmm. and so the oldest is blamed for everything the youngest gets away with everything and I I will have to like hit Lincoln sometimes and be like and catch him in the act and be like you are yelling at this one and literally the other one just did the same thing and you're not yeah. you're not yelling. So yeah, I've been caught, I can I've been see where this can well. happen, especially in a family of, with three children. Mm-hmm. But again, I do think it is also how that child reacts. You could be doing the same discipline to all three mm-hmm. and it's how they react that can form right. in their head of, oh, they're just worse on me. Uh, right. When I, I guess I did read that. Uh, first part anyway and that it made me kind of afraid of oh crap when my kids are adults like how are they going to perceive my motherhood I mean I guess we kind of talked about that already in another episode but gosh to be blindsided like that but also when I'm looking back at this you know it's saying that two of her children are independent with good jobs have happy relationships clearly there's something else going on I mean you know maybe yeah because how did she describe the middle one she just said now she has decided that her upbringing is the cause of all her problems. And she asked my husband not to meet her and talk about how cold and abusive. I think another angle of this and issue of this is maybe this middle child needs to go to some counseling and figure out what is what is causing this. It's almost like she can't get her feet off the ground like the other two have. Yeah. And she's blaming her parents and their upbringing with her as to the reason why she cannot get her crap together yeah but it's also interesting her oh yeah i agree it's interesting her verbiage two of them are independent with good jobs and have happy relationships with children my middle child never really took off even though she was given the same start as the other two (laughs) like it was she was very choosy i think with her words there yes anyway but i I think i think cold and abusive are two pretty big strong words for the reason that you have not moved on, gotten a job, gotten married, have kids. I mean, if that's what she's comparing it to, just that the other two have gone off on their own and gotten married and become successful and whatever. Right. Cold and abusive are pretty strong, pretty drastic. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of other things going on with the with the child and maybe the parents. And maybe to answer this person's question, maybe you and your husband and your middle child book a session. Yes. And yep, I was gonna say get it all thing. out there with a third party that can see both sides of the situation and work through it. Right. Yeah. And allow each person to have a point of view and say their point of view without judgment, even with each other, without a defending of why things happened. That's our advice. Yep. Okay. The next one. The subject is, I don't fancy my husband anymore and have no interest in sex. Should I stay for the kids? Ooh. Okay. Next time I'm at it, Lincoln, I'm going to say, I don't fancy you anymore. I know, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> it sounds so much nicer in the British okay. accent. Okay. Is not being attracted to your husband reason enough to end a marriage? I'm turning 50 next year and have three children, the youngest of which is age nine. I think we give them a happy, secure home, and I adore being at home with them. I work while they are at school, but my husband is the main breadwinner. When the kids were young, I didn't worry about our relationship, as I assumed it would reignite when we had more time. Hmm. It didn't. I really don't fancy him and have no interest in sex. Am I cheating myself by putting the family first? Am I using him to support me as I wouldn't be able to spend so much time with them if we were separated? Please help me figure this out. Ooh. I think this is something that a lot of women deal with. Well, first of all, let's, let's, break, it down. let's break it down. Yeah. We, I think, have even talked about this on another podcast episode, probably about marriage and relationships, but mm-hmm. just how you can put so much into your children and time between the two of you, especially, mm-hmm. you know, the longer you've been married creating that space for the two of you becomes less and less. And so everything is thrown into the kids. Finding a date night doesn't happen much anymore. And mm-hmm. now all of a sudden you're 50 and you're like, I don't even know who I am. And I don't really know if I even like him anymore. Right. Or her. Right. Mm-hmm. However, I think the first step to break that down would be if you think there's any part of you that is somewhat still in love with that person. Right. Then you owe it to each other to try to work through that first. For don't sure. let just the sex be your reasoning of I don't right. want to have sex, so we must be done. There's got to be other things underlying or bigger things that would equate to it's over. Right. Well, and like you said, they probably did put the the kids first in this situation, right? And I bet she doesn't even know her husband and I bet her husband doesn't really even know her anymore. So take the time to like get to know each other without the kids. I mean, your youngest is 9. So, or at this point, give your relationship a shot at, we're, you know, we're both on the same page. We're going to work on this. Right. I mean, again, it all comes back to therapy because yeah. hey, come together to say, let's at least give this a shot. And then you can make a decision right. based after that on, is the love really gone? Is this something we can work on and right, right. reestablish where we were? Yeah, perfect advice. But I also think that there's a crutch a little bit with the money he's making. and For sure. So you have to ask yourself, you know, that's a tough one because it, I think yeah. I've I've even heard stories where one of the, the two in the relationship, I mean, to some even degree of affairs or anything, and they stay together because someone has the upper hand. Someone knows mm-hmm. I can still do this and they're not going to leave because if they leave, they're not going to have the lifestyle that I'm giving them. Right. So it's like, I know it's a right. little bit different, but it's kind of, I think there are definitely relationships where people stay even if they're unhappy. Because the lifestyle is too good and they don't want to change their life. Right. Yeah. Do you want to be with someone that you fancy or do you (laughs) want to have have everything that you have now? I don't know. Well, and that's the thing. I guess if you're wanting all the things that you have now and you don't fancy them, if it's more important to have that life, then you stay, which whatever. Also, I don't even know if it said how old the children were, but... The youngest was nine. They have three. The third part of that all is aside from the money, do you, and this is always a loaded question, but do you stay for the children or not? Do those children grow up thinking they only stayed together because of of us right and that's not good either like i think a lot of people think oh the kids are going to be destroyed if we divorce right but it can also easily go the other way of i can't believe you stay together and be them true their true selves in the marriage and the kids see that too so that's Mm -hmm. not always a good example of what a relationship will look like right and for the kids to see that to grow up thinking that's what marriage is right mom acts this way dad acts this way that's what i mean like there's no good example mm -hmm, of that yeah So I guess to answer this lady's question, she needs to take a step back and take the kids out of it just for her thought process. 
and see if she uh, she should date her husband again mm-hmm. and see if she likes him. She should, like you said, go to therapy and go from there. And then base your decision after you have at least been able to tell yourself, I tried. Mm-hmm. We worked on it. I, mm-hmm. I mean, to just throw it in now where I just don't really like him and don't want to have sex is kind of right. premature for it's a lifetime, you know, mm-hmm. like every human, everyone goes into the question kind of wanting a certain answer. I'm wondering what she was wanting back from mm-hmm. that. I'm wondering if she was wanting whoever gave advice to say, oh, if you don't like him, you need to divorce him. And like, look, you'll be fine. Don't worry about the money. Don't worry about you'll be fine. Like, yeah, go ahead. Or is she really wanting like you better upset. stay yes. or you're Sound never advice. going shopping again. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably gonna have to sell your car. Yeah. Fancy car. You fancy. Fancy. That you fancy. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love the asking for a friend. I cheated on my wife eight years ago with a colleague. I feel so guilty and want to come clean, but I'm afraid of losing her. What should I tell her? I cheated on my wife years ago, and I'm eaten up with guilt. We have been together 10 years, and this happened in the first two years of our relationship. I had a very brief affair with a colleague, and by brief, I mean we only slept together twice. Okay. Okay. We flirted for a while before that and lots of steamy text messages. Oh, boy. Now I can't believe I did that and know my wife is the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm so afraid of losing her, but at the same time, I feel I need to come clean so that there are no secrets between us. I don't want to carry this feeling around for the rest of my life, and I don't want to lie to her for the rest of our marriage. Is it worth telling her and getting it over and done with? We don't have children, but she is my whole world. I'm afraid that I will just blurt this out and I don't want to do that. Hmm. Hmm. Indeed. I don't know. Okay. So I think he has to think about why he wants to tell her. Is it because he doesn't want to lie to her anymore? Or is it because he wants to get rid of the guilt? You know, like Mm -hmm. who would it be benefiting? Uh, Yeah. You know, and if he is being honest in that, look, it was in the first two years of the marriage. It's eight years later. It's completely changed. I, I mean, there's I, so many layers. There's so many. Like, I don't like, know. I truly don't to know. Hear eight years later that that had happened. I don't know. Together so that long and know that for eight years he's held that in. Yeah. I don't know what I would do if it were like me. It's easy for me to say that out loud when it's not me or my husband. But I don't know. I don't know. Would you want to know? I think I would want to know, but I'm afraid of what it would do to right. the relationship. I mean, I just don't know how I would react in that situation. If I would be a person that could forgive and move on, or if I would be a person that would constantly be telling myself, if he did it once, he's going to do it again. Oh. That would always sit in the back of my mind, I think. Oh. And I would probably question, too, is he just wanting to tell me this now because... Maybe that person has moved on. or And I would constantly <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> was it really just two years ago or was it last week too? Or was it... Right. You're telling me is, a half truth. Is it, And like you said, is he wanting to just tell so the guilt doesn't eat him up? And then once he's released that, is he free yeah. and can do it again? I mean, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I did not even think of all those factors. That is so true. Not only is it if he is releasing it to feel better about himself so that he starts like at ground zero. But like, is he gonna, is he, is that then gonna allow him to say, Oh, I got away with it. I told her she forgave me. I can do it again. But also he he takes a chance of telling her and her saying, get out. Right. I mean, so then you're, you're at ground zero with someone else because she's, (laughs) she's not even going to give you that opportunity to have a clean slate. Right. Right. And that's what's so hard in this because again, 
until you have walked in those shoes, I think it's hard for anyone to give advice on what is the right thing to do. Right. Because I don't think there's a blanket advice for this and maybe for everything. Right. But it's like it depends on the people that are in the marriage. I don't want to judge a person that is like, okay, even if it just happened, let's work through it. Let's go to therapy. Let's figure out why this is happening. And then from there, you can be like, okay, I'm done. Or you'd be like, give it that chance and see, because sometimes I do believe that that can work and go on to make the relationship even stronger. Right. Because I don't know, but my guess is that there's something that is missing and they're filling it with that Mm -hmm. right or wrong. But I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about. I guess you can't judge a person for being like, no, let's stick it out. Let's make it work. And you can't judge a person to say, like, get out of my house. Well, and I guess like in a lot of these questions, it's kind of like put in the work, you know, see, obviously both, like you said, both have to be willing to to be on that same page. I mean, if you, if one person is... I did this to you and peace out. I'm out of here. Right. I mean, that it's almost like a double whammy. But at the same right. time, it, it might make your decision easier to say, OK, fine. I deserve much better than that. Right. I deserve Get someone to a place who wants to be with me. Right. Yes. Because yeah. it's true. Not overnight, but yes. Right, right, right. But if both like this person is wanting to, seems like he is wanting to work on it and move past it and move forward, mm-hmm. you know. So your advice to this man is to tell the wife, let's just say, let's pretend that what he is saying is actually true, right? Every It's fact. This happened eight years ago. I have felt terrible. He's being completely honest about it being starting with text messages and then it moving on to a full on affair. Like they had, they slept with each other, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twice. Twice. Just twice. <laughs> no big deal. I know like that also, I guess he's being honest because he could say I just slept with her once. Oh, this is all. My so advice is you have to tell her because I don't think you can move on in that relationship based on the lie. Hmm. And I think eventually the guilt will eat that person up so much. Yeah. But you have to tell. I would want to know if I was her. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that when you say it, you don't know where it will go from there. I mean, I don't... <sighs> I don't know. It's a tough, tough situation. Tough situation. All right. Okay. Those are the ones I have. Thanks again for listening and being here with us today. And don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram at Trick to Happy Podcast.